you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Boy, good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is Down East Mike. You've got the Down East Mike Podcast. Uh, I'd like to say between your ears, but maybe that's not right. Maybe you just... Uh, Maybe you'll listen in some other way. Uh, we're coming to you uh, over the web and uh, in a bunch of different uh, <clears throat> different methods. Uh, but you can hear us just about anywhere. It's almost unavoidable at this point. Uh, so obviously, if you're looking online, you see me here. I'm still on, on vacation at the resort. It's... Uh, you know, we tried to um, we tried to get out, and the airport still kind of shut down. They're not flying, and you could be stuck in worse places. That's for sure. Um, we found out the other day that right next to us is one of the pilots uh, from the airline, and he's stranded here too. And we're making the best of it. Last night. Uh, well, it was yesterday in the afternoon, we were sitting by the pool and we finished playing tennis and this fella comes up to us and he says, you know, down East Mike, there's something goes on down the beach tonight and we do it every every week around this time if you're interested. And I got a little sense, a little spidey sense. I'm like, well, what's this all about? And he says, you should come down you and your, your your significant others should come down to the beach because we have an awful lot of fun. I'm thinking, oh dear. So around after supper that night, we went down to the beach and they had like tiki lanterns all lit and they had had this row of fire. <clears throat> it was about 30 to 40 feet long or I don't know if you Canadians like to do meters, whatever, 20 meters or something. Yeah. 10 meters, and uh, it was this, this long fire pit, and the people were all kind of standing around it, and they were, a few of them were having some beers and stuff, and they were chanting, and and I'm thinking, what's this all about? And I'm sitting there watching, and after a while, somebody got up, and they went running across the coals, and I was thinking, oh, Lord, that's awful. And they get down to the end, and they have kind of a glazed look on their face, and they make it through. And the guy says, well, down East Mike, you should go run across the coals. And I'm thinking, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to run on that with, the, with my bare feet? But you know what? I did, and it wasn't that bad. It didn't really hurt all that much. I think there was a little bit of a... A little bit of charred flesh or something, but uh, that, that's part of the Downies Mike podcast. Things like that happen to me, and I relate them to you. This is episode 39. It's news and commentary. Today is June 23rd, Thursday. This is 2022, and our motto is some of this is whimsy, some of this is true, and the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. Uh, we have kind of a meaty episode today in today's uh, headlines. Um, we have bat meat in baggage. That's today's news. 
Women Stone in the Meat Markets, that's from June 23rd, 1908. Nixon Mulls the Meat Quota, June 23rd, 1972. Let me share the screen. You can see that. You can see that image of what I'm looking at there. Uh, screen right there. Yeah, there we go. Now, Otis Lumbecker and Southwest Sam call in. Um, we have birthdays in the word of the day. So let's get to um, our word of the day first. I think that's important. Matatus matandis, and that's an adverb. And uh, it's M-U-T-A-T-I-S, M-U-T-A-N-D-I-S, matatus matandis. And it's the necessary changes having been made or the respective differences having been considered. Uh, unlike most English terms with Latin parentage, matatus matandis translates literally as things having been changed that have to be changed. And it maintains its Latinate aspect entirely. It doesn't look like an English phrase which is perhaps why it remains rather uncommon, despite having functioned in English since the 16th century. It's a phrase used in specialized fields of law, philosophy, and economics. And analogy occurs, as in this quote from Henry James, the American, which demonstrates, Roderick made an admirable bust of her at the beginning of the winter, and a dozen women came rushing to him to be done, Matatus Matandis, in the same style. All right, uh, let's see. We are uh, back to that document. Oh, I'm sorry. So that is our word of the day, Matatus Matandis. And we should do headlines before we do birthdays. So we're going to do headlines. Our international headlines. Um, <clears throat> Biden asked Congress for a gas tax holiday to lower the record pump prices. There's some speculation there on whether that's going to make a difference or not. Um, we have the Gisling Maxwell trial. The prosecutors say she should be sentenced to 30 to 55 years for for crimes. The Afghanistan quake. The Taliban's appealing for international aid. Crumpet, a bloodhound, wins best in show at the Westminster Dog Show. Now, if you've seen that, have you ever seen that movie, Best in Show, about the dog show? And, and that's a great movie. It's, it's very comical. And a bloodhound wins that. Mother and I were walking down in Augusta along the riverfront the other day. We saw a guy. He looked just like the fella that wins the uh, West, Westminster Dog Show in Best in Show in the movie. And he had a bloodhound with him. Maybe you could run into him there. Battle for Dunbass, Twin Cities reaches fearsome climax, says Ukraine. I feel like we're party to some sort of bad movie there. Live updates, Russia's war in Ukraine. Uh, six people killed after a helicopter that appeared in Die Hard crashed. That's sad. Russia crimps gas flows just as Europe races to stock up for winter. I guess we have to consider that, don't we? Winter's coming. Time to start putting in the wood. 
Uh, lightning strike kills two women, two dogs in Southern California. Those are the happy international headlines. The local main headlines uh, for today, Gardner officials adopt a $7 million spending plan. What's it like to adopt a spending plan? That means you're taking it in for a while to look after it. Governor Mills doesn't support suspending the state gas tax. Farmington to host the first LGBTQ plus Pride Festival. It hosts the first one in the town's history. Uh, Biden calls for three-month suspension. That's international. Uh, CDC panel recommends U.S. seniors get souped-up flu vaccines. I guess that could be considered local. And anything else? Anything else local here? Discovery Show tries to find the famous missing plane in the Maine woods. And Maine business deals with outrage over another company's racist sign. Those are the local headlines. So, how about our birthdays of the day? Happy birthday today to Carson in Norwich Walk. Carson turns 69 today. He has worked many years in the salvage yard. Happy birthday today to Hunter of Portland, Maine. Hunter's a consultant. He's landed many a big deal for his firm. He turns 38 today, and happy birthday to you. So uh, our big meat story that we were talking about, uh, this is the U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, inspecting baggage at Dulles International Airport recently discovered an unusual find, three and a half pounds of bat meat. And the charred meat was found in the baggage of a passenger from Maryland arriving from Ghana on April 5th. The bat meat is considered bush meat, which can carry infectious diseases and is therefore prohibited from entering the U.S. Now, a couple things stand out here. <clears throat> it's unusual to find three and a half pounds of bat meat. And I think what's significant there is not so much that it's three and a half pounds of bat meat. Oh, it's the, the quantity there. It's uh, usually bat meat I thought was sold in ounces. Um, all right, so yeah, they, they brought in the bat meat, and in addition to the bat meat, they were also carrying prohibited plants, including 12 pounds of tetraplora, which is a flowering plant from West Africa, turkey berries, yellow green pea sized berries, they sound good, and eggplants. The plants were seized and destroyed. The meat was turned over to the CDC for further inspection. How much inspection of bat meat do you want to do? Customs and Border Protection Agriculture Specialists play a very challenging frontline role in protecting the public, our nation's agricultural industries, blah, blah, uh, against the deliberate or accidental introduction of potentially crippling animal diseases that may be carried in pasture baggage. The bushmeat has been linked to the spread of Ebola as humans may be exposed to the virus when hunting, butchering, and eating infecting, infected animals, according to the CDC. Bats in particular 
have been suggested as one possible source of the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite these concerns, the bushmeat trade continues to grow due to food insecurity, among other issues. Uh, I thought I had a picture. I've got a, a picture here. We better share this. It's really important that everybody see um, that everybody see that bush meat. Let's see if we can share that out. And if you look, you see that the bush, the the bat, bat meat there beneath the border protection. Usually, when they have drugs and stuff that they confiscate, they put their sign out and their badges. I don't see any badges there uh, for that bat meat. And then we have uh, the X-ray. A bat skeleton can be seen in the bottom left in this X-ray image of the traveler's baggage. And I'm having a little bit of a hard time finding out. I'm looking at the X-ray image, and I don't quite see the outline of the bat. I know it's there somewhere. It looks almost like a child's watercolor. And that could be a good project if you're a school teacher. You could have the kids draw what they envision a bat's x-ray skeleton looks like when it's found in the luggage. All right, we'll stop sharing that screen so you don't get nauseous looking at looking at bat, uh, bat imagery. Uh, a corresponding story from this day in 1972, Nixon was mulling a meat quota lift. Uh, President Nixon expressing worry about rising meat prices disclosed Thursday that he may temporarily permit unlimited imports of foreign beef as an anti-inflation maneuver. Nixon made the statement at an unannounced office news, office news conference his third of the year. They only had three news conferences so far. It sounds familiar. During the 43-minute session, which Nixon limited to questions about domestic issues, the president discussed subjects ranging from attempted bugging of Democratic National Headquarters to anti-busing legislation he must sign or veto by Friday night. The chief executive said he was concerned because meat prices particularly are beginning to rise again, although he found other news from the inflation front generally pretty good. So meat, meat prices were an issue then, as they are today. Uh, also from 1972 in Bangor, Maine, regretfully, sorry, regretfully, the Ray Price show scheduled for Friday, June 23rd at the Bangor Auditorium has been canceled due to lack of support. Uh, let's see. A ticket refund. Tickets sold by ticket outlets will be redeemed by the individual seller signed the Bangor JCs. So sad times there to have have Ray Price uh, concert canceled. Also uh, at the Bangor Cinema uh, on Main Street, you could see Walt Disney Swiss Family Robinson, and you could also see. We'll share that one out too, so you can see it. I think it's important that you see this uh, little ad here. Uh, the Walt Disney Swiss Family Robinson and 101 Dalmatians. You could could see both of those. 
for children, one daughter all day. And at the Wolco Red Grill, we had new menu, magic prices, fish and chips boat for 69 cents. Now, I'm envisioning that came in the little plastic uh, basket with the wax paper, red plastic basket and wax paper, fish and chips boat. And that included delicious fried batter dipped English style fish. French fried potatoes and tartar sauce. The big deal cheeseburger platter was 99 cents. Or you could get the big deal cheeseburger on a toasted bun, 59 cents. And that included all beef hamburger with sharp cheese on a toasted bun and pickle slices. Hard to read that. Fish sandwich is 35 cents. Grilled frankfurt is 29 cents. I like that little C after every uh, number. And you could also get uh, uh, the big thick shake for 39 cents, 16 ounces. That was when you got like full measure, 16 ounce big thick shake or sub sandwich, which was listed as a meal in itself, 39 cents. Well, you could fill up for a couple bucks there. Strawberry shortcake was 39 cents. And I, I wonder if that was locally sourced. And at the Bradford House at Grant's Plaza, it fights inflation. You could get tender fried clams, all you can eat for a dollar thirty-nine. Oh. Bring the family for something to enjoy. Succulent fried clams, french fries, creamy coleslaw. Is there any other kind? Lemon wedge, tata sauce, roll, and butter. There's more taste bud tempting delights at Bradford House. Low prices, too. How about this ad for the Land Rover? A little bit insensitive. We believe the Land Rover record for elephant gorings is two. If your Land Rover has been gored more often or by more elephants, please write Land Rover. And then they give their address in New Jersey. Standard equipment on the new Series 3 Land Rover we offer for 1972 an all-synchromesh gearbox, as opposed to the non-synchronized mesh gearbox. Four forward speeds in reverse plus a two-speed transfer box equals eight forward, two reverse, alternator, larger heater, improved brakes, and other styling advances. As always, four-wheel drive. I saw James Bond drive Land Rover the other night, and he was going along the stream. He was being chased by other Land Rovers. And it actually comes to mind as I relive that scene in my mind. That's all there was in that pitch was Land Rovers. And how unusual would it be for the protagonist and the antagonist to all be driving the same vehicle unless they were sponsored? And there was a helicopter in that scene. I wonder who, who brought that in. Um, this was from 1972. Two men broke into Cobb's auto body shop at 41 Perkins Street. Sometime during the night, they pried open a window. They cased the inside offices, found nothing there. And they took two cars that were there for repairs. One car belonged to Frank Noyes of Herman. And that was found abandoned on Bog Road in Hamden by Noyes' father as he was driving to work. 
in the Unicab along the Northeast Chrysler Brewer that was found behind the Salvation Army building. So sad. From the Lewiston Evening Journal, May, uh, this June 23, 1890, there's a letter to the editor, and it almost sounds like an ad. You can listen to it. Tell me what you think. Uh, a good many people will see your house in the course of the next 10 years. A letter to the editor, but it was an open letter to Mayor Wilson of Auburn, Maine. We want to show you what Devon's lead and zinc will do. We, we should like you to paint it, paint your house, and then not paint it again for 10 years unless it needs repainting. We'd like such a sample as that in every town in the country with a notice about it in the town paper. Mayor Wilson's house was painted 10 years ago with Devon lead and zinc and has never been repainted. The color's not as bright as it was, but the paint is as perfect as ever over and to keep out water. A good lead and oil job is expected to last three years, and it's a good one that lasts three years. It generally does not. This letter doesn't make a lot of sense. Basically, it was an ad for them to get your house painted with lead paint. Uh, let's see. We have, oh, they thought it was a fire. This is a, the, the, uh, the maniac in Paris Hill. A maniac, back when you could have a real maniac, right? Good times. A maniac creates a big uproar on Paris Hill. He tried to kill a Norway man with a dagger and partly succeeded in tearing the Paris jail down. Four strong men, count them four, had to hold him all night long. It almost sounds like something else here. Jesse Brown of Norway was taken to Paris Hill Jail Saturday night. He's been a hard drinker and at times he's been insane. He had been, this is like a ballad. He had been on a drunk for a week or two when Sheriff Bassett arrested him Saturday. Brown's wife has lately left him and now lives in another part of the village. Another man has been attentive to Mrs. Brown and had made himself obnoxious to Jesse. Hey, Jesse, I'm being obnoxious. I'm with Mrs. Brown now. Saturday about 7 p.m., Brown armed himself with a big club an ugly-looking dagger, and he went to the house where his wife was stopping. He rang the doorbell furiously, and then uh, for a minute or two, <clears throat> it's a long time to ring the doorbell furiously, and then he tried to batter the door down. Sheriff T.C. Bassett arrived on the scene at this moment, and he asked Brown what he's trying to do. No, said Brown. Why, Muzzy is in there with my wife, and I'm going to rip him open with this, flourishing his knife. Officer Bassett promptly put the man in irons and took him to Paris. And that was the, the time when they actually had some good old-fashioned irons to put you in. Uh, by the time they arrived at the jail, Brown was raving crazy and yelled so wildly that people thinking the town was a fire turned out with buckets and pails. Uh, placed in the cell, he tore the furniture to pieces, threatened to kill the first man who came near him, uh, fearing the maniac might hurt himself, half a dozen men made a rush on him, and headed by the jailer and sheriff, succeeded in overpowering him. It took four men to hold the one maniac on his bed. So we had half a dozen rush him, and then four held him on the bed. Even then, he succeeded in uh, freeing himself and dashing against the wall, threw himself against the granite wall. In Four men held him all night, and many people lay awake all night, unable to sleep amid such hideous wailings. This must have been quite a close-knit town. 
Monday morning, Brown was more quiet. I wonder why. Had it not been for the promptness with which Sheriff Bass had arrested the man, Norway might have witnessed a horrid murder Saturday night. Brown is a painter by trade, and when sober is said to be a good citizen, he's about 30 years old and not a bad-looking man either. Here's a story. The opening of the West Cass at Waterville and Farmington Railroad is a notable event of the centennial week in year. Thus brings Waterville within 13 miles of the seashore at historic Wiscasset, a new and shorter route to the delightful resorts uh, along the main coast is opened as well as through connection with the Boston Railroad. So rail, railroad was really getting uh, ramped up at that time, and <clears throat> anyway, that was good to see. Here's our other meat story from June 1908, the women stone the meat markets. Rebel, they rebel against increased price of meats and protest by parade and frighten retailers. From New York, June 23rd, 1908, 600 women at a mass meeting at Brownsville, a sub suburb of Brooklyn, last night declared their intention to fight against the increased prices of meats and fowls. They paraded the streets and stoned several meat stores. The retailers protest that the wholesalers are responsible for the increased prices of meats. All right, it's time for our main amphibian of the hour. And if you're looking at the screen share, you see this delightful looking mud puppy. And he's got, he looks like a dragon. He's got these flowery little gills on the side. They're really quite beautiful. And that's a picture from Wisconsin, but we have them here in Maine, mud puppies. They're a big salamander. They attain sexual maturity in their sixth year at a length of eight inches. They've been known to live up to 30 years in captivity. In the wild, an average lifespan of 11 years is more common. Mud puppies live in water bodies with lower oxygen. I'm sorry, mud puppies living in water bodies with lower oxygen have longer, larger gills than the mud puppies found in clear, highly oxygenated water. Although they're primarily nocturnal, mud puppies will come out during the day in dark or murky, murky bodies of water. They're well camouflaged. They walk along the bottom of the water body but can swim in quick, short bursts. I wouldn't want one chasing me if I was swimming. They are active throughout winter in deep water, and they're sometimes caught by ice fishermen. Boy, that would be going back to the fishing hole, wouldn't it? The mud puppy gets its names from a grunting sound it can make, which resembles the bark of a dog. Although it has lungs, the mud puppy breathes primarily through its gills and uses its lungs to adjust its buoyancy. There you have it. Also called water dogs. There's another picture of one. He's quite well camouflaged, up to 12 inches in length, flat head, small eyes, powerful flattened tail. They're uncommon, exotic, non-native. Uh, accidentally introduced into Great Pond, the Belgrade Lakes region. Around 1940, I saw some other dates there, though, perhaps earlier. May have spread to other sites from use as fishing bait. Well, let's take a quick look at the forecast for today, Thursday, June 23rd. Uh, 
areas of fog, otherwise uh, mostly cloudy, a high near 73, south wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Uh, for tonight, a chance of showers. And then Friday, mostly sunny with a high 77. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, sunny and high near 86. And Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 84. Some nice weather ahead. We're looking forward to that. That's about it for the Down East Mike podcast today. We have a couple of uh, listeners called in. Otis Lumbacher and, and uh, Southwest Sam. Those guys, Otis, uh, you listen to the message, and he's all like, oh, Downey's Mike, come, my skid is stuck, come tow me out. He does this to me every spring. I've known Otis for a long time. It's a prank. It's not, he doesn't need his skidder towed out. It's actually the reverse. He likes me to show up with a plow brew, and then he pulls me into the mud. I'm, I've done this before. I get down there, I hook the winch up to him, and he says, okay, let me let me just rev the engine. He's got this big diesel skidder, and he gets in it. And the next thing I know, I'm in the bog. He just pulls me into it, and then he sits on the bank and laughs at me, and that's what that message is about. And the other one, uh, Southwest Sam, he's belly aching about more Bigfoot and UFO, and down east Mike is mean, blah, blah. Yeah, that's, but that anyway, that's that come that'll we'll we'll do that. And uh, Frank Norwood has a new song. You can listen to that if you like. But in the meantime, uh, for you and your loved ones, I hope that you enjoy a day that is full of grace, loving kindness. Be kind to people out there. Life is hard and difficult for so many people. And be kind to others. We'll stop sharing our screen. We'll stop recording this silliness. Uh, and I hope that you have a great day. We'll see you. Uh, yeah, hello, Frank. Otis Lumbacher here. Yeah, got me in a pickle. Seems I'm city folk from Portland, a dicked time for my skitter. Got her stuck, hub deep in the muck. Was hoping I could borrow you and your four-wheeler. Now, the missus got some pies baking, and I know how you like them pies. Say Saturday as the rooster crows. And remember, this road don't go nowhere. It stays right here. Yeah, you, you've done some shows about Bigfoot. And I, I don't know, but I think you're kind of disrespectful. I think Bigfoot's real. I think the guest you had on, I... I can't remember her name, but she was a very nice lady, and I think you were a bit, a bit dismissive, to be honest. I think you were a bit dismissive, and I think what she had to say was very important. And I'd like to have another episode with her on where we could learn more about Bigfoot and the sightings, and that you wouldn't be so dismissive. Just looking at the stars Listening for owls And only hearing cars Abruptly you turned away And went into the house 
Look at me 